I am Greta Moore, and you are listening to Reality Tunneling. I am a stand-up comedian, journalist, and nerd. With this podcast, we will tunnel through the various ways humans create and interpret their environment and end up living in their own personal reality. The parallel universe is you. In today's podcast, we will venture into the reality tunnels of ancient Egypt. The ancient Egyptians had a lot of sun gods. How many sun gods, you ask? Well, literally a boatload. Or wait, is it mythologically a boatload? Because do they? I don't know. Who cares? And all the sun gods rode together on this sun boat, partying it up across the sky during the day. And then they would be eaten by the heavenly cow at night, where they would also fight monsters while they were partying. It was kind of like a Rick and Morty episode for the ancient Egyptians at night and at day and when they were dead. It's all very complicated, and I will explain it to you now. Okay, I know, I know, I avoided the question of how many deities exactly were on the sunboat. Well, it was called the boat of a million years because it might be holding a million people on it. When you died, you would ride on the solar boat. You would become a crew member on the solar boat for a period of time, maybe for eternity. It varied. If you found yourself on the solar boat in the afterlife, it was like a celebrity cruise of the divine. What deities would you find there? There was Ra, Atum, Ra Atum, Heru, Ra Heru, Amun, Amun Ra, Horikuti, Ra Horikuti, Kef Ra. Wait a minute. Hey, why is every sun god named Ra? Who is this Ra? Well, there are two answers to that. Ra is the all-powerful creator god of Egyptian mythology. Also, Ra is simply a word for the sun. Ra is therefore the personification of the sun And he is combined with other solar deities because he is the sun and so are they. In some cases, when we see Ra connected with another deity's name, it is an amalgam deity. And in some cases, when we see Ra's name connected with another deity, it is a title. Like Amun-Ra means Amun the sun. Ra Horkuti is the sun falcon of two horizons. It isn't in every case when we see Ra attached with another deity that it's an amalgam, but sometimes it is. It depends on who is writing the material you are reading. The bulk of the information we have about ancient Egyptian religion comes from rich guys paying a priest to write down spells which will help the rich dude become a god in the afterlife. These are not writings that are intended for wider audiences. They're intended for the guy who paid for them. Also, I would like to let you know that Ra may have been pronounced Ray, and for the continuation of this podcast, I'm going to refer to Ra as Ray in the story in an attempt to humanize him 
for you, my audience. I'm going to tell you two stories about Ray and the other Egyptian solar gods. I'm going to combine the story, the true name of Ra or Ray, the true name of Ray or Ra, and the book of the heavenly cow for continuity's sake. I now present unto you the mysteries of the solar deities. Ra or Ray, Ray or Ra, appeared under many names and with many forms, but only one name and form was true. His true name was concealed inside of his stomach so that enemies would not find it. Ray's daughter was Isis, who is known as the cleverest of the gods. However, there was one thing she did not know, her father's true name. In fact, you might not even know Isis's true name. Isis's Egyptian name is Aset. Isis happens to be her Greek name. Isil happens to be her name on cable news. Oh, sorry, bad joke, guys, sorry. Okay, anyhow, Isis was very clever, which made her a real asset to everyone, except for Ray in this story. So Isis wanted to know Ray's true name, but she knew she had to wait for his power to weaken before she would be able to use her magic against her father, the creator god. Not much later, the people on Earth began to rebel against Ra. The Book of the Heavenly Cow does not say what humans did to rebel against the sun, and I'm not really sure how one rebels against the sun, but I saw on the History Channel once that the ancient Egyptians invented sunscreen and it was makeup at the same time. So maybe Ra was mad that the people weren't getting sunburned anymore. Or maybe he was mad they all look so damn fine. Anyhow, Ray had a big meeting with all the deities to cluck their tongues, stroke their beards, and talk about what's to be done with these rebellious humans. Ray's dad, Noon, or maybe it was pronounced Nun, suggested that Ray send his eye to slay all the humans. Ray's eye in this story is Hathor, his daughter. His eye is sometimes other goddesses who are also his daughter. But in this story, and pretty often in other stories, it's Hathor. Or her name may have been pronounced Het-Heru. Or maybe her name was even pronounced Heather. No one is really sure. But anyhow, Noon told him to send Heather down to Earth and slay these rebellious humans. So Heather went down to Earth in the form of a giant floating eye of death and killed the humans where they hid in the desert. Then she went back to her father and said, I killed those humans and I loved every single moment of it. I can't wait to kill more, Dad. Ray said, you're doing a right good job, sweetie. I am proud of you. Now, cut that shit out. See, his name is Ray. You guys get it? It's like, okay, you kind of went overboard down there, Heather. You kicked their asses. Now they will follow my rule. Knock it off. Heather was pissed. She was the one with the strength who killed the humans, and she was the one that liked doing it. Killing humans was what she liked doing now, and her dad wanted to take that all away from her. And in her anger, she became Sekhmet, the lioness goddess. The afternoon winds of the Egyptian desert are said to be her breath. 
She is the sun during the hottest time of the day. So Sekhmet ran away into the wilderness to wait to kill more humans. Ray knew he had to act fast. He said, we gonna get all the beer in the land. We gonna get this here red ochre, red pigment. He crushed the red pigment and put it into 7,000 jars of beer. All right, servants, take all this beer down to where Sekhmet plans to kill everybody and pour it out. See, you guys, I am a Missourian. I am allowed to speak with this dialect. And the servants took the beer down to the Nile River Valley and they flooded the land with red beer and it looked like a bubbly sea of blood. When Sekhmet got down there, she said, oh yeah, there is a ton of blood here already. She was so happy and began to chug it down. She did not even realize it was actually beer. She became incredibly drunk and did not feel like killing anymore. Sekhmet was one of those happy drunks. She went back home to her dad and she was like, Daddy, I love you. You are like the sun and stuff. But this part of the story is actually about the weather in ancient Egypt. It would get really, really hot. Then the Nile River would flood and the water would sometimes be contaminated with iron oxide from upstream, making it appear red like blood. If we remember anything from the movie, The Ten Commandments, it is that once the river floods with iron oxide, the frogs and flying insects are like, fuck this place, let's go hang out with people. Then the livestock doesn't have clean water and it starts dying. Then the people break out in boils because they're covered in insects and they don't have clean water. So Sekhmet's wrath was indeed deadly to biblical proportions. What the ancient Egyptians would do during this time of year to keep Sekhmet's anger at bay is they would get incredibly drunk on red beer, I assume, so that when she would start to eat them, uh, she would get drunk and decide not to flood the Nile River Valley with their blood. I think, I don't know. I just made that up right now. Okay, you know, I didn't make up that the people would get drunk to celebrate segment. That part is true. I was making up the logic behind it about eating the people to get drunk. I made that part up. But maybe that was their plan. After getting his daughter incredibly drunk, Ray was worn out and tired and climbed on the back of the heavenly cow, Nuit or Newt, to lay down for a while and rest his eyes. Because he's a cowboy, baby. Ray's laying on a big freaking cow in the sky. A cow that is so big, it is actually the sky. Isis knew now was her chance. Ray was weakened. The story of Ra or Ray is one of the oldest versions of the archetypal tale of the dying king, and Joseph Campbell would be really proud of me for telling you that. As Ray hobbled along one day, he spit some of his chew into the dust. Isis noticed this disgusting saliva and dust mixture, and she took it and molded it into a snake. Kind of like how you would with Plato. You know, she rolled her hands. She molded it into a snake 
that could poison the creator. Then Isis took the snake and threw it at the crossroads of the nexus of the universe, where Ray passed by every day. The snake bit him, filling him with a burning poison. Now, when I first read this story, I assumed the poison would make Ra just start puking and he would puke up his true name because it's just hiding out there in his stomach. But no, Isis had a more sinister plan. Ray called out to the gods in pain, y'all get over here, I'm dying. All the gods rushed to his side. A few gods tried to use their magic to save him, but nothing worked. Isis was there, and she pretended she had no idea what had happened. Who did this to you, father? Did one of your snakes bite you? Ra tells her what happened. Isis tells him that she can save him with her magic, but her magic will only work if she knows his true name. Now, telling his daughter his true name is the one thing that Ray cannot do, because it will give her power over him. Also, what a freaking scam, because Isis could stop the poison anyway because it was her magic. So, Ra hems and haws. He says, he is many things. He names himself as the creator of everything that is awesome in that world. And he says he is the one who made the bull for the cow so that sex could be invented. Yikes! Wow! He said this to his daughter? What? The bull and the cow are pioneers of sex. Kama Sutra, am I right? Hey, 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 hey. This is supposed to be a comedy podcast. Kama Sutra. Next, Ray says that he is Kefra at dawn, Ra at noon, and Atum at sunset. The pain grows. Isis says to her father, None of these are your true name. You must tell me or I cannot make you better. Ray says, At my initiation, I was taught to be cautious. I will letter it with you now. F U. <laughs> no, just kidding. That was an esoteric joke. Ray whispers his true name to his daughter. Afterwards, he says out loud to her that she can pass on that name to her first child, Heru. Or Horus is his Greek name. So maybe Ra's true name is Heru? The statement that Isis can pass on Ra's secret name to Heru is the big punchline in the story. Because they are two deities where it does seem they become an amalgam deity. Even though they are separate characters in mythology. And I'm sure it was really confusing. Also further on in the mythological cycle... Uh, Heru seems to be poisoned in a similar story as Ra. And sometimes Heru just takes over the role of Sun God entirely. So this is a multi-layered joke in the story of the true name of Ra because it's still super confusing what his true name and actual identity are. Isis then cures Rey of the poison. And after all that drama, Ra decides to stay on the sunboat for all of eternity the pirate's life for him. Hail Ra. Now these are just two stories about the Egyptian solar deities. 
It's confusing. There's many twists and turns. It is no wonder that the no-nonsense pharaoh Akhenaten decided to go ahead and do away with all the multiple sun gods and just cram them all under the heading of one singular solar god, a ten, the sun disk god. It does, you know, kind of simplify things and make it easier, but worship of a ten could not last because the sun seemed to have multiple personalities to the Egyptians. Certainly, the sun had to be all gods and one at the same time, which was explained by them all being on a big boat together. I hope to see you on the solar party boat someday in eternity. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you like it. You can find out more information at realitytunneling.com. Maybe, maybe I might update the website someday. Thanks for listening.